0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Tell Me Yours, a storytelling podcast with me, your host, Trey Everett. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tell Me Yours. Today on the pod, I have an incredible guest for you not only is he a really dear friend uh he also happens to be the founder and ceo of two amazing organizations seth maxwell is on the pod today seth started the thirst project as well as legacy youth leadership two really really incredible organizations that are quite literally changing the world i've personally known seth for a number of years we went to college together And he's just all around a fantastic guy. I was so excited that he gave some time to connect and be on the pod and share his story. The Thirst Project also happens to be one of the inspirations to the book that I wrote, Beneath the Surface. Head over to BlackRoseWriting.com, pop in the promo code TELLMEYOURS. My publisher is giving 20% off to my podcast listeners, so not only has he impacted the world and hundreds of thousands of lives across the world, but he's also had a great impact on me as an artist and as a person in general. That being said, please welcome to the pod, Seth Maxwell.
2: How are you, man? I'm so good. How are you, buddy? I'm
0: good, man. It's so good to see you
2: so good to see
0: you. i was thinking about this earlier today and i was like man i feel like seth is just one of those friends that i have where we can go a super long time and not interact but the moment i see seth it's like nothing it's like we pick up right back where we left off i was like i always just feel like we're like right back where we were
2: i think that's partly because we are both ageless
0: fair and i appreciate <laughs> you saying that <laughs> you, look, you look today as you did
2: 15 years ago. So
0: here we go. I couldn't say I could say the exact same about you. Have <laughs> you been, man?
2: Bro, I'm good. I am friggin' crazy busy. Like yeah. I feel like that's such a blase answer, everyone. I feel like you ask you like, oh, how are you? They're like, oh, I'm crazy. But like there's just like there's so much being juggled. So
0: Yeah. You're yeah. always you're always doing something. I love it.
2: We're try we out here
0: trying. We out here trying. <laughs> That's so good. I I was thinking about this before we connected. 2020 was that year, which it's crazy to think about how 2020 is already almost two years ago. Like certain milestones are going to be two years ago, which is insane to think about. I know what I went through professionally, like kind of pivoting through 2020 to figure out how to do my job differently. I'm very curious what you all went through, A, with Thirst Project, but now it seems like that was kind of the time where you were also sort of starting to launch this other organization. Like what was that experience like for you in terms of, not only starting to build something completely new but then also having like such a strong foundation with thirst project created and now having to figure out how to pivot during that like what we thought was going to be two weeks and then what we thought was going to be three months and
2: then what we hoped would only be six months and then what has turned into the last forever Remember when we were like, wouldn't it be crazy if we were locked down for like two weeks? Wouldn't that be crazy? I was
0: literally just talking to one of my, one of my leaders at my job. And he was like, I remember standing at your desk and he was out, out, he was like, I only thought we were going to be gone for two weeks. And he's like, and I remember you said, no, I think we'll be out until summertime. And he goes, and here we are.
2: (laughs) Yeah, dude, it's wild. It's, uh you know it's super interesting because there're sort of two very different experiences that i had to sort of try to like navigate and walk through one was you know what does operating in this new reality look like for a leading thirst project but the other was how do how do we launch something <laughs> in a pandemic which yeah. <laughs> you know it's interesting because in some ways what we built uh you know covid created the environment, really gave us the material with which we would actually build the programs as we know it now at Legacy. And I honestly, I don't know if we, I think we would have gotten where we are, but I don't know if we would have gotten there as quickly because so much of what we had done in working with students, you know, at Thirst Project and then what we began building for Legacy was always thought of and built and constructed through the lens of like a physical in-person experience with students. Oh, interesting. um, You know, and we there is something to be said you know he, we are human beings like we need to be connected and there is nothing from a uh, a lasting perspective that will ever be able to replace the prime what we refer to it at least legacy is like the primacy of face to face but what yeah. is interesting is that it is also much more limited in terms of scale right which is super obvious and so i th- i'm sure whenever we reached a tipping point of like hey we've you know we've reached as many schools and students as we can without just the enormous cost of producing in-person experiences what does Mm. that next version look like of a more digital program that probably would have come a few years down the line uh and so it just it not only accelerated that process but it also sort of i think switched up the order where we're like oh no like our bread and butter like our primary program is this digital program anyways i'm rambling about like oh i love it
0: it's all so interesting honestly
2: so it's it's been fun to, to build
0: all right, that being said, I know you're yes. a very busy man. Um, we are connecting today because
2: you are going to tell me a story. Yes. And I am, I'm all yours. Yeah, so I I moved to LA when I was 18. I, I grew up uh, in the Midwest, in Indiana, mm-hmm. for a brief period, lived in uh a suburb of chicago but kind of bounced back and forth between that area as a kid growing i, up,
0: I don't think i knew that what what took you to chicago
2: well i mean i was four a, until oh, I was. God. Until was
0: <laughs> you're hitting the clubs <laughs> you
2: no know, op- opportunity is what oh me. perfect <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> um, so no but uh yeah we we moved you know as a cool. family uh actually a fair bit growing up and um but you know i I started telling stories when I was really young whether it was doing uh, community theater into like professional theater mm-hmm. and uh and did some like horrible local commercials and so when I graduated and and moved to LA like everyone else in this city yeah. I I'm, I'm going to pursue uh entertainment and uh it was while I was here actually when we first got to know each other mm-hmm. um you know at that at that point in my life I was this is not like uh just something to say. Like I was arguably the most selfish, like introspectively focused oh, interesting on the planet. Like I when I say that, what I mean is like I really didn't care about a whole lot unless it had to do with my like aspirations for the things I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that resonates I, absolutely. You know, producing and uh totally which I think is also maybe relatively normal for a 19 year old. But uh especially a nineteen year old that just moved to Los Angeles. Right, you totally. Know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was also one of those few. Yeah, <laughs> You're like. Oh, uh, but no, I, you know, I had a friend who was a photojournalist, and she was given this really crazy assignment. Uh, it was like in conjunction with like Nat Geo and the United Nations, and basically at the turn of the millennium, uh, which was about ten years prior to when this happened, this moment I'm about to tell you the story about mm-hmm. happened, the UN released this uh, report and this plan. Uh, called the Millennial Development Goals, which would later kind of be rebranded as the SDGs, or the Sustainable Development Goals. But basically, mm. initially, some of the concept behind these, you know, 15 goals was here's what we. As a global community, need to do to eradicate extreme global poverty. Um, hmm. Most people define as you know people living on a dollar twenty-five a day or less, and then the impact that comes as a result of that, relative to health issues, access to you know food security, yeah, for sure, et cetera. And so uh, this is you know fast forward from two thousand to two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, my friend was like sent on this assignment because they were like, hey, we're coming up on you know, it will soon be a decade into this process. Let's report on the progress that's been made. And so she went and lived for, you know, six weeks at a time in different communities across uh, Southeast Asia, South and Central America, uh, you know, Africa, and she was working in communities where people were making, you know, efforts to make strides towards these goals. And so Mm When she came back after what amounted to about a year and a half of being gone, we got together to catch up over coffee, and uh, I sat across from her, you know, sort of stunned for 45 minutes listening to incredible <laughs> stories of yeah. people she had met and worked with, um, but what was super interesting, you know, these the photos that she showed weren't just like poverty porn, like, oh, look at this sad kid, or look at this, yeah. you, know, you know, difficult condition, but, What was interesting, besides the fact that there were these really meaningful sort of in-depth stories like, oh, no, like I spent six weeks with this person uh, watching their life every day. Uh, Besides that, though, what was really fascinating for me was there was this common through line she kept coming to where she was like, man, you know, we as a global community you're trying to make strides to address hunger and food insecurity but you can't do that without first addressing water right you can't develop agricultural initiatives without water yeah yeah, yeah. if you care about hunger you care about water or you know we're trying to make strides in education access and building schools and outfitting them with teachers but you can't bring education into a community if all of the kids in that community are out walking for six or seven hours each day to collect water yeah. or if they're home sick with preventable waterborne diseases. So it turns out if you care about education, you care about water. Uh, and at that point, you know, hearing about the health impact of not having access to safe water, I was just struck by, I mean a, how severe it was, B, how massive in scale it was at, at that time. We're talking about 13 years ago to date myself. Uh, there were <laughs> over a billion people, right? It was 1.1 billion people who at that point in time didn't have access to safe, clean drinking water. And I was like, "That's the stat. Like, imagine a billion anything, yeah, right? It's, like, a, just, it's uh, like an unimaginable number, like a truly like, unimaginable number. Yeah, you can't add them like much less a billion people. Yeah. I was like, how? And then when, you know, I started digging into what that actually meant besides just being a big number uh, and like, oh, this means that like every day women and kids will walk really long distances from their homes to collect water out of rivers, mud puddles, swamps, open, unprotected sources that are shared with animals that drink and defecate in the same water sources that people drink from. And then as a result, people get really easily preventable waterborne diseases like Mm -hmm. dysentery, diarrhea, cholera, you know, and then when you found out at the time, like man, 13 years ago, it was like, almost 5000 kids were dying every day from drinking dirty water, like preventable water yeah. diseases. Uh, and so I went to school at the time and mm-hmm. started talking to my friends. Uh, and I was like, yo, you guys have no idea what's going on in the world. We need to do something, right? Uh, you like, Seth, could you not right now? I'm trying to practice my monologue. I'm reading Elisa Serrana, okay? Uh, and, uh, and so, yes, yeah, so I conned all my friends into, you know, helping me do these like super ragtag, like makeshift events around town, like on, you know, on World Water Day in 2008 was really the first, you know, sort of significant thing that we ever did. Uh, We bought as many bottles of water as we could. And we went out on Hollywood Boulevard and our like brilliant plan was, we're just gonna give away free water so that people will talk to us and say, why are you doing this? So that we could raise awareness and say, Did you know? Like, did you know this is happening? Did you know this is going on? And and challenge people uh, to look at this issue. Uh, Because I was like, man, you know, at that point, I was, I thought, a decently well-educated person. And I was like, how before that meeting had I never heard of this? And so we talked to about a 1000 people in one day. That's crazy to
0: think about. We were
2: literally like in front of the gap. On Hollywood, yeah. which I, I don't think, I think it's
0: a footlocker now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's gone. But we were like, we had gas cans full of water <laughs> and mm-hmm. said, hey, like, you know, when you fill a, a jerry can, which is what most people in the developing world use to carry their water every day, when you fill a five gallon jerry can full of water, it weighs 44 pounds. That's crazy. See that what it was like? You were forced to rely on these local water sources. Um, and so people donated to us, which we were like, well, we're not an organization. <laughs> So we gave (laughs) money to an organization that was building water projects and honestly kind of thought like that would be Uh, really good. I was like, cool. We raised some awareness. I can go back to like living my very selfish life. Mm. Um, But there were two people who met us that day and exchanged info and said, hey, would you guys come to our school? Basically tell our friends what you told us. We want to see if we can do something. That's cool. So we did. We went and spoke at these two schools, and then again, kind of forgot about it. And a month later, they called us and said, "Hey, we did fundraisers and sent us checks made out to the Thirst Project, which is like what we were calling like our little group, Mm -hmm. uh, like our little club." And uh, we were like, "Oh man, like we can't, we can't deposit. Like there's no, there is no such thing as the Thirst Project." (laughs) Uh, But we were like, "Well, clearly there is tremendous." untapped potential in people our age around this issue. Mm. And if this is what two schools could do, what if there were 100 schools? What if there were 1000 schools? Um, And so we created the thirst project. And, uh, you know, for the last 13 years, what it's worked to do is educate high school and college students about that issue and get them to do something about it, whether that is a awareness campaign, a walk, a fundraiser. Um, And for those students who like raise money, we committed to give 100% of all the money they raised directly to build water projects without taking anything to operate off of. So we built a pretty Incredible group of donors, led by our board, uh, who you know cover all of our operating expenses, uh, so that we could tell students that. But since we started, uh, you know, students, young people, have done incredible things: uh, dances, walks, video mm-hmm. game tournaments. And in 13 years, we've worked with about 2.2 million high school and college students at about 1,100 campuses. Across That's incredible. Uh, who've helped us bring half a million people safe, clean water for the rest of their lives? Um, so that's kind of been it's wild, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, that was you know kind of like a defining uh thing for my life for yeah. 13 years, but as we were just talking about before you started recording, I've now there's now new stuff happening,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, was the because i know one thing thirst project has obviously done for a very long time to great success is is like actually traveling around the country and going to these different campuses across the country to speak with student bodies in their schools is that something that like came about fairly quickly, the idea to like, hey, let's get boots on the ground and like, let's go out into the country and do this. Or how do you remember how that kind of came about to like becoming what the kind of focus was? To going and speaking in school. Yeah, it's actually like, let's put a team together and like, let's actually go out into schools. Because now, if I remember correctly, you actually like recruit from students around the country and send them to schools around the country. Is that right? That's so freaking cool.
2: (laughs) So most most things that happened that would eventually become like systems and structure at Thirst Project uh, initially happened by accident. So, you know, the, the reason we began going and speaking at schools is because like those first two students that asked us to come speak at their school asked us to do so. And we yeah. did. And we were like, well, okay, if this is how can we, you know, the question was like, how do we reach as many students as possible with this message, organize an all school assembly, which, you know, in the the world we live in today is like very difficult and very different. But uh, yeah. you know, for 13 years, or, you know, 12 years of leading Thirst Project pre COVID, that was like, the sweet spot was if we mm-hmm. could get an all school assembly that was a huge win that's
0: so cool during during covid did that initiative sort of make that same transition to doing it like virtually
2: yeah so it's interesting covid uh forced us to like everybody right everybody yeah had for it. sure for and sure covid forced us to reimagine how we could get that message in front of as many students as possible and in so many ways obviously covid was was devastating. But in also for for us, a lot of ways, COVID actually really forced us to think about how we could scale. And Mm. we already had worked with so many schools and students, but pushing us completely digital, which is what we've been for the last two years. And, you know, we hope that we'll be able to return some sort of hybrid version. But in the meantime, I mean, it forced us to figure out how do we identify where there are school communities and student communities where we can get in front of them and make impact without having to spend. I mean, it, you know, the cost to produce the school tour was pretty expensive. I mean, you know, yeah, I bet. the nonprofit, like, you know, we have to be really judicious about how we allocate resources. But no, it, it really has allowed us to reach more schools and more students.
0: Oh, that's super interesting.
2: Much lower cost yeah. uh, is super interesting. Now you lose some of that you know, that magic of what happens when you are physically in the same place and in front of people. Um, And so, like I said, we hope that we'll get back to some sort of hybrid. But, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been in a lot of ways, really positive. And I think whenever we are on the other side of figuring out what living with this looks like, and being in person again, the hope is we'll be able to use both and do it really well. But
0: for sure,
2: to the point of like recruiting other students, um, that happened, probably three, four years into the organization's life. So, I mean, the first year and a half, two years, like I was the only speaker. Mm. I was also like, I did everything, right? I was the only (laughs) full-time anybody. So (laughs) I was like making all of our social media posts and like working with our PR firm and like working to fundraise and organizing events and coordinating water projects and, you know, speaking at schools. And so about two and a half, three years in, I think I spoke at like 90 schools. Oh my gosh. In in one semester. That was one semester. Oh my gosh. And and I was just exhausted. And I was like, this is not sustainable. Uh, And so that was what started us figuring out how to imagine what would eventually be our school tour program Mm -hmm. now. But uh, what also started to happen, even after we built the school tour program that began bringing in other speakers that I would work with and train to go give this presentation, we also realized like, you know, I was getting older and so much of what it may sound ridiculous but like you know so much of what works at thirst project specifically with the messaging the way we designed it is like it is core to who we are that we say like you don't have to be older you don't have to have more money you don't have to have a higher education even to make a real impact on this issue and what is fascinating is you know a 28 year old or a 30 year old doesn't resonate with a 15 year old the way that i did when i was 20 21 22 there's super interesting something powerful about another young person standing on stage saying like we will be the generation to push this into the history books yeah and and so i you know i would like to say that it was like self-awareness to be like yo like I'm I am an old person, right? Like, and this this happened before I was 33. Like,
0: yeah,
2: I, yeah, yeah. Once I hit like 25, 26, like once there's a decade between you and the audience you're talking to, you are suddenly no longer young. Oh, and it's so,
0: so interesting to think about that way.
2: Yeah, and so I think being like, oh, I gotta get off the road, and we gotta find other young people <laughs> who we can put out there uh, to be yeah. this.
0: I mean, I, I think I think that's, like, spot on because I think it has to come back to that, like... I mean, it's just a question of representation in a, in a different way of, like... It, yeah, like you said, it's it's so much more powerful to see something and see yourself in it. And when yeah. you're looking at something that you just can't see yourself in, it's, like, natural just to, like, not listen to it as much.
1: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: And so that kind of led, uh, kind of going into COVID, making all of those pivots and all those changes. That kind of led you to to start this new organization. I'm curious, like, is there is there overlap between the two, or is are you kind of treating this as like like a um, like a spinoff series, or is this like a completely like separate? Like the goal is for it to be completely separated organizations with like no overlap.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the goal is definitely for This them. is not
0: the Golden Palace, and you already did the Golden Girls. You know what I mean? Like, this is a completely <laughs> I
2: I should probably get that reference. And oh. I, I, was like, I, I know what the Golden Girls are. I don't know what the Golden Palace is. I've never watched the Golden
0: Palace, but apparently after Golden Girls, there was a new series with only three of them, and they buy a casino,
2: and it was called the Golden Palace. I oh,
0: know.
2: <laughs> I, there's probably a reason i haven't heard of it right like uh <laughs> no disrespect to their late creep no. white yeah, yeah. uh, so <laughs> you know, so this is uh so yes to back up uh a couple years ago and i was telling you kind of before we started recording like a couple years ago we started asking a different question um uh, you know we'd always asked the question like how can we raise as much money as fast as possible to build as many water projects as fast as possible because the water crisis is for all that it is incredibly daunting uh it's incredibly solvable Mm. um i mean as a global community we have seen in the last 13 years the number of people without safe water go from 1.1 billion to a little less than 700 million it's incredible i mean the number of people without safe water has almost been cut in half while the global population has risen. So we yeah. will absolutely see the end of this. History. Oh,
0: interesting, yeah.
2: Not just in our lifetimes, like in the next 15, 20 years. That's amazing. So, but what was interesting was that while it was you know, noble to ask how much money we could raise as fast as possible from students, we... We said well it's always really easy to measure the impact on the water crisis in terms of number of people with safe water reduction of waterborne disease um, but it was much harder to pinpoint the impact we were making in the lives of students or the young people that were helping us make that impact right mm-hmm. um, but we knew we were making it if only for the fact that i would get emails or cards or tweets from students who i had never met before literally that said things like man thank you so much for starting thirst projects if it wasn't for thirst projects I don't know what the highlight of my senior year would have been Mm. but like that's very qualitative and so we were like what is like what is the value we create in the life of a student and so uh we worked with a group of social scientists for two years and their sole job was to study students who went through our programs and pinpoint the change that uh, that occurred in those students, right? skills they developed, things they could do that they couldn't do before they started working with us, and could we identify what those things were and how we accomplished that. And so we found that there were really like 14 specific hard and soft skills that these young people developed as a result of working with these programs fundraising yes was one of them but it was only one of about 14 things like communication and public speaking organization mm. strategic planning um you know goal setting social emotional development and so cool. these were amazing things that were all happening by <laughs> accident um like we weren't trying to achieve those outcomes and we were like man what if we did like if we were to design programs to do that These were things that students could use to make an impact on not just the water crisis, but any issue or cause they cared about. And so to give each of those things the attention and resources they deserved, we created a completely separate organization called Legacy Youth Leadership. And Legacy's mission is to develop young people's leadership skills, but specifically, so they can make impact in their world by taking action around the causes they care about the most. And uh, it's cause agnostic, you know, students Mm -hmm. who care deeply about climate change, or gender equality, or racial justice can go through these programs, learn these skills, and then apply them by taking action around whatever that issue or cause they care about, even if it's not the water crisis. And, you know, the programs themselves, they're basically sort of like masterclass for helping young people change the world. So they are time sensitive. You know, you can't go at your own pace. You have to go in, you know, with a cohort. Uh, You're not on your own. You're with a group of 30 to 40 other like-minded students from around the world. They're like half digital pre-record lessons, half live sessions. Um, And it's been pretty incredible to see what students have done as they've gone through it. But you know, that they are two completely different organizations. Um, they were the one was born out of the other. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of crossover right now in board representation. There's, you know, about like 70% of the boards are the same, although we've begun to get a little bit more uh, diversified representation. And then um, you know, the staffs are pretty much completely different now, which is great, but uh, initially sort of started very kind of intertwined. For sure, for sure. The goal is, yes, they are right now, legally they are two different organizations. They have two different uh, missions board you know thirst project is still hyper focused on ending the water crisis um and legacy is hyper focused on developing these skills Mm -hmm. and young people um the programs are free by the way for students they don't have to go Oh, that's incredible yeah so uh so yeah eventually the goal is to get to the place where uh you know there's less than 50 percent uh same representation on each board so that each Mm -hmm. board can really make decisions without worrying about the impact of the one on the other
0: but totally yeah totally yeah that's awesome man that's so cool yeah um where can i point people towards to learn more about both of these things
2: yeah so uh if you want to learn about thirst project you can just go to thirstproject.org or mm-hmm. at thirstproject on pretty much any social channel mm-hmm. uh and then for legacy it's legacyyouthleadership.org or uh at legacy youth lead for Perfect. all social channels but yeah, it's uh it's been a super fun, kinda crazy journey. I can tell you lots of stories about different things throughout the process. Uh <laughs> you just let, you let me know what you it know, is.
0: Honestly, everything you just shared is like perfect. That's like exactly what we came for.
2: <laughs> we
0: did it. We did it. You did it. We did it you did it, Seth, you did it. <laughs> I was pressed. I love it. Well, speaking of that, um, thank you for doing this. Yeah, and thank you for yeah, it's,
2: it's like it's just great to see you as always. <laughs> Oh, it's so good i want to see you in person so yes
0: please i'm boosted and ready to go Damn.
2: <laughs> i also i don't know if you've had i have not had covid you that i that i know of
0: sneaky mix yeah
2: but like and i've been very cautious i'm i'm boosted and for sure things but i'm also like man i do feel like i'm like neo in the matrix just like i don't know how just i'm just like, not COVID <laughs> left and like right. uh right yeah, that
0: is so funny. I had it in June of 2020. Um, mm. And it was like one of those things where, again, like I was quote unquote doing everything right and right. it still happened. So I was like, all right, well, luckily for me, it was like incredibly mild, which I'm grateful for. But um, but yeah, it, Vax boosted. You want to give me a fourth booster? Just inject it into my face. I don't I'll care. Life. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. You want to feed it in my breakfast? I don't care. I'll I'll consume it however you want. I'm here for it. <laughs> Um, awesome, man. Uh, I'll give you the rest of your time back. I really appreciate it. It's yeah, great as always to see you and to chat and connect. And congratulations. That's like so exciting to hear this new like this new project you're working on. And if I if I know you as well as I think you do, this will if it hasn't already, this will obviously become just as much of a success as Thirst Project has been for the last decade and a half. So, kudos. You're an inspiration to us all. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Love you, brother. so good to see you yeah good to see you too man have a great rest of your day i'll talk to you soon brother okay all right see ya thank you so much for listening to today's episode thank you seth i always appreciate the time that we have to chat your story is incredible and i'm so proud to be your friend if you want to know more about how you can follow along and support the thirst project head over to thirstproject.org or follow at ThirstProject on most social medias. And if you want to learn more and support Legacy Youth Leadership, head over to LegacyYouthLeadership.org or follow them on most social medias at LegacyYouthLead. If you want some extra time with Seth and I, again, it was just great to chat with an old friend head over to patreon.com slash tell me yours. If you want to follow us, Instagram and Twitter at tell me yours pod. Thank you again so much for listening. Tell your friends, subscribe, leave a comment, share your favorite story with us. And until next week, be kind to each other and we'll talk soon.
2: Hi,